Welcome to it. It's Mike on this 20th of January in 2022. It's a year into the Biden presidency. Can you believe it? I'm one of the people who actually didn't think he was going to make a year. Yeah, I actually had a little money down saying, no, 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 he's not going to make it past six months. And I was really surprised when he did. And now here we are a year into it. And after yesterday's disastrous press conference, that's the only word you can really use to describe what happened yesterday in the White House. Uh, A complete and utter disaster from the president. You know, it had been 10 months since he had done a press conference. And uh, I don't think he's going to do another one for another 10 months after that one. He's probably still sleeping, too. After standing for two hours, and they made a big deal out of that. Can't you believe he stood for two hours? Even Joe said it because somebody asked him a question about it. He said, I do push-ups. Good. Have a cookie. You can have some more pudding tonight. Uh, It was uh, an amazing display of incompetence yesterday. And I don't know how the Democrats actually will point to that and say, oh, that was great. And we'll get to that because the media has some comments to say about that. And uh, I have some thoughts about what happened yesterday. But I want to take you back in time. Let's go back one year ago. One year ago today when Joe Biden was sworn in and made this pledge to the country. Today, on this January day, my whole soul is in this. Bringing America together, uniting our people, uniting our nation. Yeah, about that. That's considered to be a a fail. That promise didn't work. Your whole soul into it didn't make it happen, sir. So you're going to either have to try harder or get some help, have some people help you. I don't know, maybe people on the other side of the aisle. The American people are seeing Joe Biden for what he is, and that is a puppet of his party. He moved so far to the left that even a majority of Democrats are concerned about the direction of the country. It's not just conservatives. But the summary of his first year probably explains why things are going so badly for uh, President Biden. And for that summary, one of the best ones I've heard came from Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana. I love saying Senator Kennedy and knowing I'm talking about a Republican. Senator Kennedy of Louisiana giving us a breakdown on the one year of mismanagement under Joe Biden. This administration has mismanaged COVID. It's mismanaged Congress. It's mismanaged the border. It's mismanaged inflation. It's mismanaged securing our streets. It's mismanaged foreign policy, including but not limited to Afghanistan. And just last week, the president traveled to Georgia to uh, participate in racial demagoguery. I mean, how many roads must a man walk down before he knows he is lost? Bingo. Senator Kennedy also talked about the American people, not just about what this administration has done, but what the American people must be feeling under Joe Biden. The American people may be poorer under President Biden's administration, but they're not stupid. I think that is a key point. 
And after we saw what happened in Virginia, where the American people, primarily parents, stood up and said, enough of this liberal woke madness. We're taking back our state. We're taking back our schools. I, I think that's really the key here is that we all pay attention and make sure we straighten stuff out. We'll get a little more from Senator Kennedy a little later in the discussion. Let's get to Joe Biden, because after so many questions last night, I was taking notes and scribbling down. And I said, oh, my God, we're going to have a very healthy, healthy segment of my favorite. What in God's name is Joe <laughs> Biden trying to say? Yeah, there were some c- confusing things spouted by the president yesterday. And uh, some that I think he even understood that he was in trouble on a couple of them. The um, <laughs> the moment that really made me laugh was when he just kind of gave up, like right here. But look, let's let me ask a rhetorical question. No, I won't. Anyway, yeah. I'm going to ask a rhetorical question. And then he thought about it and went, no, I won't. Anyway, is anyone concerned about this? Seriously, anyone in the media? Well, there was one person. James Rosen was uh, brave. James Rosen, who used to be at Fox, stood up during the press conference. He finally got a question that was deep into the press conference. And it's a long clip. I want to share some of these longer clips with you. James Rosen. Bravery live in the White House with the president, this happened. Thank you very much for this honor. James Rosen with Newsmax. I'd like to, um, I'd like to raise a delicate subject, uh, but with utmost respect for your life accomplishments and the high office you hold. Now, that setup alone should have had Biden getting really nervous. Everything was tensing up inside of him. With that setup, here comes the... Wow, what a punch. A poll released this morning by Politico Morning Consult found 49% of registered voters disagreeing with the statement, Joe Biden is mentally fit. Not even a majority of Democrats who responded uh, strongly affirmed that statement. Well, I'll let you all make the judgment whether they're correct. Well, so the question I have for you, sir, if you'd let me finish, is why do you suppose such large segments of the American electorate have come to harbor such profound concerns about your cognitive fitness? Thank you. I have no idea. That was it. I have no idea. I have no idea why such a large portion of the country and even his own party harbors great concern over his fitness. I didn't pay much attention during the initial reading of that question from James Rosen. But when you go back and listen to it, his voice is quivering. He knows he's asking a question that nobody else in that room, except maybe Peter Ducey, had the stones to ask. Ah, what a great moment. Let's hear the very end of that again. Please, sir, if you'd let me finish. Is why do you suppose such large segments of the American electorate have come to harbor such profound concerns about your cognitive fitness? Thank you. 
I have no idea. And then he turned and called on somebody else. James Rosen, you are a star, sir. You are a hero. That was just amazing. The press conference did get some tough questions, other than that one about the president's competency. Uh, there, there was a really weird interaction between a reporter who wanted to know about the school closures, about the, the possibility of schools being closed due to the teachers who control most of the schools in this country. It's, it's not the parents who have any say in this. The teachers' unions uh, want the schools closed so they can zing us for more money. But... Uh, Joe was asked if the school closures will be weaponized against Democrats in the upcoming midterm elections. He didn't really understand the question. It was restated. And then he gave just this painful answer. Let's go through it. Excuse me, the question. I'm sorry. Well, well, could school reopenings or closures become a potent midterm issue for Republicans to win back the suburbs? Oh, I think it could be, but I hope with God that they're, uh, that, look. Now, right there, all Joe had to say was, it's doubtful because the majority of the schools are open, and we are telling people to get the schools open, and we've provided the schools billions of dollars, so we will have the schools open. That was it. But for some unknown reason, he went this direction. Maybe I'm kidding myself, but as time goes on, the voter who is just trying to figure out, as I said, how to take care of their family, put three squares on the table, stay safe, be able to pay their mortgage or their rent, et cetera, uh, is becoming much more informed on the... um, Yeah. Uh-huh. The motives of um, yeah. some of the political players and some of the uh, and the political parties. What in God's name is Joe <laughs> Biden trying to say? I don't think he even knows where he was going with that answer. And if that were the only time Joe drifted off into this crazy abyss, I would have said, okay. Uh, that's all right. He just he got lost in the sauce on that one. But there was a whole bunch of that happened. There was a long and painful answer about media and the polls. And the only way to fully understand it is to go through it. This is what happened yesterday. You know, every... Every president, not necessarily in the first 12 months, but every president in the first couple of years, most every president, excuse me, of the last presidents, at least four of them, have had polling numbers that are 44%. Now, Joe's talking about the polling numbers, and not 20 minutes earlier, he said this about polls. I don't believe the polls. I don't believe the polls. So now you're going to go into this long polling numbers explanation of what you think is going on this really got into the weeds favorable so it's this idea that but you all not you all but now it is well biden's it 
One poll showed him at 33%. The average is 44, 45%. One poll him at 49%. Wait, wait a minute. What was that thing you said earlier? I don't believe the polls. Okay, continue with this other lost rambling. I mean, the idea that... Um, yeah? The American public are trying to sift their way through what's real and what's and what's fake yeah we all are joe it'd be nice if we had coherent information with facts from our politicians but continue sir and i don't think as uh i've never seen a time when yeah the political coverage the the choice of what political coverage the voter looks to has as much impact on as what they believe. They go to get reinforced in their views, whether it's uh, MSNBC or whether it's Fox. So what you're saying is people look to the media for information. Wow, what a novel concept. He's only about a minute and 18 seconds into this lost rambling. I mean... And one of the things I find fascinating yeah. that's happening, and you all are dealing with it every day, and it will impact on on how things move, is that uh, a lot of the speculation and the polling data shows that the um, that the uh, cables are heading south. They're losing viewership. So he said the cables are heading south. And my wife looked at me and said, what does he mean the cables? I said the cable news networks. Now, CNN is down 90% from about a year ago. 90%. 90%. MSNBC is tanking. Fox has gone down a little bit, but Fox dominates the rest of them. All of them. And regularly has a bigger number than all the others combined. So I don't know when Joe Biden suddenly became a media pundit, but he was trying to say something yesterday. I don't think anyone is quite sure of what he was trying to get to right there. It was very bizarre. Very, very bizarre. And he doesn't believe the polls, though. Remember that? He, he talks about these polls, and then he says he doesn't believe the polls. I find it very interesting that he has such a strange view of the media when the mainstream media's left side is completely in the tank for Joe. Completely. Here's a little sample of what the media said about this disastrous Titanic-like press conference. There are questions about his stamina. There are questions about will you do a press conference. If he wanted to prove he'd stand there for two hours and take it, Mission accomplished. Cannot jawbone people into feeling better. I didn't think it was a very impressive list, and I'd probably go back to the drawing board. I, I thought today was a very good day. I think President Biden planted an oak tree. Mm. I, I think he showed an element of toughness today that, that was, was encouraging if you're a Democrat. So, uh, obviously, that's, uh, what's his name, that alien, James Carville saying that this was a good day, that President Biden planted an oak tree today, whatever the heck that means. But he, he's a guy who's gotten a whole lot of credit out of telling Bill Clinton it's the economy, stupid. 
Before that was David Axelrod. Didn't seem to be too complimentary. And before that, uh, John King, I think, from CNN, saying that, well, he proved he could stand for two hours. There's a little more from the media on this uh, horrible press event. But the nature... Not- oh, this is Biden talking about the media a little bit more. I'm sorry. This is Joe. I had a Joe moment. The nature of the way things get covered. Yeah. And so my observation over the years I've been involved in public life changed. And it's changed because of everything from a thing called the Internet. It's changed because of the way in which uh, we have self-identified perspectives based on what channel you turn on oh so you're saying that some channels have a political leaning yeah we've known that forever and you're blaming that pesky internet for muddying things up what 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 network you look at that yeah. network what, what what cable you look at yeah and it's um it's never quite been like that anyway Yes, it has. It has been like that. Just because it's now electronic doesn't mean we never had diversity in opinion in media before. He's hopefully out of touch. Woefully out of touch. There's more about some of the content that was brought up that we need to get into as well. Uh, I thought it was interesting when Joe confronted some of the uh, reporters. He went after him a little bit. And uh, at one point when the thing was going long, it almost felt like it was getting out of control. Joe talked for about an hour and 20 minutes, and then uh, I think his handlers were getting nervous. And the press sensed that he was going to take more questions, so they were shouting, trying to get some in there. But Joe went this direction. Okay, whoa, 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 hang on, guys. We've only gone an hour and 20 minutes. I'll keep going. But I'm, I got, but I'm going to go. Let me get, let me get something straight here. How long are you guys ready to go? You want to go for another hour or two? Yeah, of course they said yeah. Now if it was Donald Trump, Trump would have said let's go another hour or two. Biden not so much. But here's how this little interaction ended. Okay, I'm going to go. I tell you what, folks. Uh, I'm going to go another 20 minutes to a quarter of, okay? Yes, sir. And so he went another 20 minutes, but he also put a little caveat on that. Um, By the way, it's a quarter of, guys. Now, so I'm going to do this. Just list. If you ask me easy questions, I'll give you quick answers. So if you ask me easy questions, please give me easy questions. <laughs> it's insane. The Biden press conference yesterday. We have to uh, talk about how Joe confronted a reporter who asked him about, you know, it's been a year. What have you really gotten done, sir? Is there anything you've accomplished here? Around this time last year when you were campaigning in Georgia, I think one of the things you told people was the power is literally in your hands. You know, if if, if voters give Democrats the House and the Senate and, and the presidency that all these big things can get accomplished. And, you know, we've seen stalemate, we've seen things being stymied. Um, why should folks believe you this time around? Can you think of any other president's done as much in one year? Name one for me. 
So he's turning on the reporter, saying, can you name a president who's done as much as I've done in their first year? Can you name one? He turns it on him. He goes after him. This is part of the real Joe Biden who attacks people. Remember on the campaign trail when he called that guy fat, when he uh, yelled at that girl and said, you're a lion, dog face, pony soldier, etc." This is how he does it, confronting a reporter who's trying to get an answer. Instead of saying what he has done, Joe goes after the reporter. I'm asking you. <laughs> I'm serious. Hmm. You guys talk about how nothing's happened. I don't think there's been much on any incoming president's plate that's been a bigger menu than the plate I had given to me. I'm not complaining. Knew that running in. And the fact of the matter is we got an awful lot done. Okay, an go ahead. An awful lot done. Go ahead and name it. And then he said we have a lot more to do. But all they keep saying is, oh, we got an awful lot done. Well, okay, let's talk about Afghanistan. All those people that were killed, Americans in uniform. And the Afghanis and the people left behind. Let's talk about that. What a disaster that is on a human rights level. And we're hearing it's getting worse every single day in that country. Just amazing to me. Joe also thinks that uh, Donald Trump is in control. These people have Donald Trump living rent free in their heads. This one, again, with the jaw dropping, my jaw just completely dropped on, on Joe during the presser yesterday. Did you ever think that one man out of office could intimidate an entire party where they're unwilling to take any vote contrary to what he thinks should be taken for fear of being defeated in a primary? So what he's saying is, that Trump is dictating what senators, Republican senators, are doing. And that's not true. I think the reality is, again, the old theory of point a finger out and there's three pointing back at you. I think Joe Biden's getting instructions from Barack Obama. Really feels that way to me. This thing was just disastrous. Then there was the discussion of gas prices. Oh, my goodness. I think that's the place where most middle-class people, work-class people get hit the most. They pull up to a pump and all of a sudden, instead of paying uh, $2.40 a gallon, they're paying $5 a gallon. That's going to be really difficult. But so we're going to continue to work on trying to increase oil supplies. Oh, you know how you increase oil supplies, sir? You don't cancel pipelines. You don't shut down exploration that has been going on safely and environmentally safely for years. You don't do that. But he's, he's going to all try and point this somewhere else. That are available. And I think there's ways in which we can be of some value added in terms of the price of gas. Now oh, wait. So the answer to higher gas prices is government money handouts to pay other bills? That's kind of where he's going, I think. Gas and the like to take the burden off the European countries that uh, are now totally dependent on, on Russia. Yeah, you also approved the Russian pipeline. So had you not done that? <laughs> Clueless. He's just clueless. He also thinks the answer to inflation, gas prices, etc., is um, to pass 
a bill, his Build Back Better plan, which would put us deeper in debt and cause inflation to actually go higher. The single best way to take the burden off middle class and working class folks is to pass the Build Back Better piece that are things that they're paying a lot of money for now. So take money in the form of taxes from people you call rich people, even though you're now one of them, Joe, and give that money to people in the form of a government handout, creating a dependency as opposed to creating a robust and bustling economy, which would bring prosperity, right? That's where he's going. If you get to trade off higher gases, you're putting up with higher price of hamburgers and, and gas versus whether or not you're going to have to, you're going to be able to pay for uh, education and or um, uh, 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 child care and the like. I think most people would make the trade. Their bottom line would be better in middle class households. But it's going to be hard and it's going to take a lot of work. And it's going to take the government getting into every aspect of your life. That's what this is all about. Really is frightening. Very, very frightening. Dangerous stuff. But I, I thank God we seem to have some common sense showing up in the House and the Senate. And the House, not yet turned, because Pelosi still has an iron fist at the throats of everyone in her caucus, even though they're having a mass retirement in the House. And it's likely going to turn back to the GOP unless something unforeseen happens. Uh, Joe claimed that he was going to do three things because somebody asked, well, you know, you had a kind of a, a rough year. What are you going to do? What are your plans for the next year? And he gave us his three things. There's three things I'm going to do differently. Okay. Number one. Yeah. I'm going to get out of this place more often. Yeah, because uh, being in Washington, D.C., where you're supposed to be the president that's the answer to getting things done. It's to not be at the office. Got it. I'm going to go out and talk to the public. I'm going to do public fora. I'm going to interface with them. I'm going to make the case of what we've already done, why it's important and what we'll do. I'm also going to be out there seeking the more advice of experts outside from academia to editorial writers to think tanks. And I'm bringing them in. Just like I did early on, bringing in uh, presidential historians. So people that are so out of touch with the real world that you're going to seek their advice. Professors, presidential historians, people from academia, people who have tenure don't have to worry about putting food on the table because their job will never go away. Talk about being out of touch. And then the last thing he's going to do, which I think probably sent a shudder through everybody in the Democratic leadership and everybody who has to get reelected if they want to keep their jobs. To get their perspective. The third thing I'm going to be doing yeah. a lot more of is being in a situation where I'm able to bring, I'm, I'm going to be deeply involved in the off these off-year elections. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. You've got a president who... A majority of his own party questions his mental status. The majority of the country thinks we're going in the wrong direction and he's going to go out and campaign. We saw what happened last week in Atlanta where Stacey Abrams said, I don't want to show up with you when you're hate speechifying. And uh, she didn't. She didn't. That's going to happen many times over.
in the coming campaign season. But Joey's kind of oblivious to it. He doesn't get it. He'll just be Uncle Joe. Really crazy. He also made a, a weird claim that there are five senators out there who agree with him that they want to they challenge the, uh, the party leadership, but they're worried about getting primaried. You know, that, that spirit of Donald Trump we talked about earlier. I've had five Republican senators talk to me, bump into me, quote unquote, or sit with me, who've told me that they agree with whatever I'm talking about for them to do. But Joe, if I do it, I'm going to defeat it in a primary. We got to break that. It's got to change. Um, could you name the five senators? No, he would not. It might be Bravo Sierra. There might have been one. Joe has uh, a tendency to make stuff up. Just saying. Senator Kennedy is going to put a, a button on this segment for us. And uh, his assessment, and this assessment came out ahead of the entire press conference. <laughs> and I think it's the perfect way to wrap up my coverage of Joe Biden's disastrous press conference. Senator Kennedy. A fair assessment of the Biden administration after one year uh, is that it runs a tight shipwreck. A tight shipwreck. Could not agree more. <laughs> I love that guy. He's just classic. If you enjoyed the podcast, share it with your friends, please. It is uh, brand new, sort of, newly revitalized, and available pretty much every single day. We don't always cover politics in depth. We will cover other stories, like that idiot Howard Stern, who apparently has forgotten he used to be the guy who stood up for the little man. But now that he's worth $650 million or more, Howard Stern wants to be a king and not the king of all media. He wants to tell you what to do, especially when it comes to the vaccine. If it was up to me, anyone unvaccinated would not be admitted to a hospital. Yeah. At this point, they've been given plenty of opportunity to get the vaccine. It's time for you to get it. Now, if you don't get it, in my America... Uh, all hospitals would be close to you. You're going to go home and die. So much for that liberal compassion, right? What a failure. Money changes everything, as the philosopher Cindy Lauper taught us. Howard's a prime example. Let's come back tomorrow. We'll do it all again. As I said, please share it with your friends. Go to puropelka.com on a regular basis. You'll get all of the details of the stories catching my attention and some of my ramblings. Testudo, my friends. Testudo.